0: I got to thinking about this uh, verse that we read a little bit earlier, that we're blessed with every spiritual blessing. The greatest blessing that God has provided for us is His Son, Jesus Christ. That He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, I realize today that I'm talking to a congregation, mostly that are filled with born-again believers that have already received Jesus as their Lord and Savior. But it's really important, I believe, that as a church that we be mindful of those that perhaps have not yet given their heart to the Lord. And you know, the Bible declares that now is the day of salvation. You know, I was saved over 2,000 years ago, but it wasn't until 1975 that I received the Lord. See, it was available to me in my 5-year-old, 10-year-old, 15-year-old, but I didn't receive him until I was about 23 or 24 years old. And you know, you've heard about the Lord, and maybe you've even been around the things of God, but you cannot honestly say to me today that you know for a matter of fact that you're saved, that you're born of God. The Bible says that he that has the Son of God has life. He that does not have the Son of God does not have life. And it's very simple to receive Jesus. All it requires is an open heart. Scripture says that if you will confess with their mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And it is with the heart that man believes. And it is with the mouth that confession is made unto salvation. Amen. Yeah. And so this morning, as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, I'm not going to ask you to come forward right now. But I want to invite people to Christ today. I want to invite people to come into God's family. So if you're here this morning and you say, you know, Pastor Mark, I'm not sure. I'm just not sure I'm saved. And I want to have a no so salvation. Or maybe you're here this morning, you've never prayed the prayer of salvation and you want to open up your heart to the Lord. There may be one, there may be 5, there may be 10, there may be 20. But while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, all of you that want to receive Christ today and pray this wonderful prayer of salvation, I'm going to ask all of you to raise your hands right now at this time and say, yes, pray for me. All over this auditorium, all over this auditorium, I'm going to look into the right, I'm looking into the center, I'm looking over there in the, in the back there, I see your hands, thank you, God bless you, you may put your hands down. And then I'm looking way over here to my left and to your right. And I see that gentleman right there. Thank you, sir. God bless you. God loves you. His hand is on you. And I'm going to look over in this section here. By the uplifted hand, you'd say, yes, Pastor Mark, I want to pray. I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Again, all over this auditorium, I'm going to ask one more time. If you've already raised your hand, you don't need to raise your hand again. Yes, I see that hand over there to my right. Right here in this section in the back, yes, thank you, ma'am. God bless you. I'm going to ask one more time, if you've not raised your hand, and you should have raised your hand, and you say, yes, include me, I want to receive Jesus Christ today. All over this auditorium, please raise your hand at this time right now and say, yes, pray for me. Yes, yes, ma'am, over there, I see your hand. Yes, yes, in the back there, I see your hand. God sees your heart, and God sees and knows that your heart is open to Him today. You know, the Bible says that He will satisfy the longing soul. And I believe that there's not a one person in this auditorium that isn't hungry for Jesus, and that is not hungry for the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, there's a fresh wave of the Holy Spirit flowing in the earth today, not only here in Hayward, but around the world. God is filling people with His Spirit all over this world by the millions. Let's all stand right now. and Let's stand with our, our new friends, our brothers and our sisters in Christ Jesus. And let's pray this prayer together. Let's open up our hearts And pray it like we really believe it. Lord, I believe. Say it. I believe. believe. And I open up my heart. heart. And I receive receive. the sacrifice sacrifice. of your Son, son. Jesus Christ. Christ. I know that you are the way. way. I've known it all along. along. But I've tried to do life in my own strength. And in my own way. But this morning I open up my heart to you and I invite you in to be my Lord and to be my Savior. I firmly believe that you died for my sins and that you were raised from the dead for me. And now I confess today, boldly do I declare, Jesus. You are, you are my Lord. Jesus, Jesus. thank you, thank you. For, coming for coming into my heart. I know today, today. that change, change is taking place, taking place. In, my in my heart. Put your hand over your heart. And let's just thank him, everybody, right now. Come on, guys. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the new birth. Thank you, Lord God, for breaking the powers of darkness out of my life, Lord. Thank you for coming into my heart. And I receive you, Lord. And I give you glory and honor and praise. You know, this calls for a celebration in the house of the Lord. This calls for a celebration. This calls for a celebration. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, when a person has a birthday, people celebrate. Well, you've just had a new birthday. And we just want to celebrate with you. Come on, let's give them a big hand. Amen. Glory. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Awesome. And listen... There's another step that I believe the Lord wants you to take, and that's the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Baptism in the Holy Spirit is different from the water baptism. Water baptism basically is an outward sign of an inward grace. You're saying as you go under the water that I died with Christ, I was buried with Christ, but thank God I was raised with Him into newness of life. That's one baptism. But then there's another baptism called the baptism, the infilling of the Holy Spirit, where you will be endued with power from on high, where power will come upon you and build up so strong inside of you that you'll be able to say no to things that have held you back. He'll give you a language to speak to God in the spirit where it will cause your heart to rejoice and it'll cause the devil to be very bummed out and very scared. This baptism in the Holy Spirit is for you today. It's for you today. And I'm going to ask Tony and those tonight or today to pray with you for this infilling of the Holy Spirit at the end of this service. But let's just raise our hands and thank him for the infilling. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. O, thank you, Lord. My, my, my my. Oh, how we need your presence. Thank you, Master, for it. In Jesus' name. Give your neighbor a high five and you may be seated. Amen. So I have in my heart just to take a bath this morning, and I'm talking about a bath in the word of God. I, I just want to give you several scriptures this morning, I believe under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, that is going to build you up and that is going to cause the eyes of your heart to be enlightened and is going to cause your spirit to rejoice and your spirit to be strengthened as you begin to get a glimpse of what Christ has done for you and who you are and what you have in Him. Y'all Ready? We already started to preach this morning. We've looked at Galatians chapter 4. We looked at Ephesians chapter 1. Now I want us to look at Galatians the third chapter and verse 13, verse 14 and verse 29. Mm-hmm. You all ready? All right. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13, verse 14 and verse 29. It says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. And if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed, and you are an heir according to the promise. And what we're talking about today is this is that we are, in fact, heirs of God. In verse 29, in the Amplified Version, it says this, If you belong to Christ, if you are in Him, who is Abraham's seed, then you are Abraham's offspring and spiritual heirs according to the promise. The New Living Translation says, And now that you belong to Christ, how many of you belong to Him today? And are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs. And God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. The message translation of this same verse 29 says. Since you are Christ's family. Then you are Abraham's famous descendants. And you are heirs according to the covenant promises. Here is a statement that I want to be embedded deeper than your spirit. That you became heir to a fortune when you gave your life to Jesus. Say that with me. I became heir to a fortune when I gave my life to Jesus. You are an heir according to the covenant Promises. We have a God who is a covenant-keeping God. He said, the covenant that I have made with you I will not break, I will not alter, I will in no wise change my mind. I will not change the things that I have said about you, nor the things that I have spoken over your life. Because our covenant-keeping God is not only the promise-giver, but He is also the promise-keeper. And not only is He the promise-keeper, but He is the promise-performer. For He says, I am alert, and I am active, and I am watching over my covenant promises to bring to pass on your behalf. Oh, thank God. Thank God that He is the performer of His covenant promises. I'm glad He's not like man. He's not a man that He should lie. Neither is the Son of Man that He should repent. Has He said and shall He not do it? Has He spoken and shall He not bring it to pass? Listen, friend, if you've been a little bit despondent and if you've been a little bit discouraged in your life lately, take hope. Take courage in the fact that your covenant is alive and well today, your God is alive and well today, and you are an heir of God through Jesus Christ our Lord. And maybe you've been a little bit down, but I believe that in 2015, He's going to bring you up. He's going to bring you up. Amen. Now. All that belongs to Him, becomes ours when we're born again. We become heirs of God, children of the King, with the right now to partake of our full inheritance. Now, many people, of course, even Christians, don't realize that they are heirs. Well, the Bible tells us that my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Now, who's the destroyer? The devil's the destroyer. So when we do not partake of what's in this word concerning who we have, what we have in Christ Jesus, then we are on a low level of life spiritually and we are not open to the full knowledge of God's word. My people, he said, are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. My people, he says, have gone into captivity because they don't have any knowledge. You know what the opposite of captivity is, don't you? The opposite of of captivity is freedom. And now the Lord is that Spirit. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is emancipation from bondage. I declare to you, no more bondage. Look at you and say, no more bondage. No bondage. You know, there was a headline from December 30th, just two years ago in 2012, an issue of the London's Daily Mail newspaper. And here's the headlines. It said this homeless man who didn't know he was a millionaire is found dead before he could be told about his fortune. Body of air, it said, to $300 million was discovered frozen under the railway bridge. If only this man had known. If only this man had known what his inheritance was. And you know, if only we would know. If only we could come to the full understanding of our inheritance in Christ Jesus. You know what this would do for us? This would take us from living in the basement. Now I've got nothing wrong, you know, with living in a, in a basement apartment or living in a basement home or whatever the case may be. But I'm talking about living in the basement spiritually. On the lower level of life Not knowing who we are in Christ. Not having an understanding that we are heirs of God. Living far beneath our rights and privileges in Christ Jesus. My brothers and sisters, that is not the will of God. Never will be the will of God for you to live on a lower rung of life spiritually. But I tell you what the will of God is. The will of God in Christ Jesus for you and for me is to live in the penthouse. To live at the top of the top. Not to live underneath, but to live on top. For he has made you the head and not the tail. He has made you above. Come on, somebody. And not beneath. And there's something about living in the penthouse that enables you to see much more clearly. Living life in Christ, living the God quality and the God kind of life, is a life of freedom, it is a life of liberty, and it is a life that Jesus came to give you and to give me. Listen, I don't care if you don't have a dime in your pocket today. In Christ Jesus, you've been raised up together and made to sit together with Him. In Christ Jesus, you are more than a conqueror. Now, let's work with this today, and let's look at several more scriptures. Look with me at 1 Peter chapter 1. And notice with me in verse 3 and in verse 4. You were born into a royal family that owns and operates the universe. Believe that. I said believe that. And then receive that. Receive your inheritance. In 1 Peter chapter 1 verses 3 through 4, notice with me. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who who according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again unto a lively hope or unto a living hope. By the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Now notice this. To an inheritance that is incorruptible and undefiled. Now let me ask you a question today. What does the word incorruptible mean to you? Incapable of being destroyed. This inheritance that has been bought and paid for for you cannot be destroyed. And now notice with me, and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, and it is reserved where? It's reserved in heaven for you. Now this does not mean by any stretch of the imagination that once you get to heaven you can partake of it. It's reserved in heaven for you, and you access this glorious reservation of these spiritual blessings in heavenly places with your faith. And you believe, and you receive, and you declare the blessings of your inheritance. Amen? Amen. Amen. So that there, there are things in heaven that are reserved for you. Don't get me wrong. But many times people put off to heaven what they could be partaking of here in the here and now. Amen. How many of you want some blessings in the nasty now and now? The Amplified says that we've been born anew into an inheritance which is beyond the reach of change. The NIV says this. He has given us new birth into an inheritance. So basically what we're saying today is this. That in Christ Jesus, we are heirs to the vast fortune of our loving Heavenly Father simply by being born into the royal family. I'm looking at a royal priesthood here. You know what I'm looking at? I'm looking at a company of kings. Somebody said, don't call me a king. I'm a queen. (laughs) Well, I beg your pardon. In Christ Jesus, we're all one. There's neither male nor female. We're all children of the king. Royal priesthood. Kings and priests unto God. Now let's keep tracking this through. Look at Romans chapter 8. And notice with me in verses 14 through 17. Romans 8, verses 14 through 17. Thank you, thank you, Jesus. You're so good to me. Oh, thank you, thank you, Jesus. You're so good to me. Pulled me out of darkness into glorious liberty. Thank you, thank you, Jesus. You're so good to me. Amen. Filled me with the Holy Ghost. You're so good to me. Give me a heavenly language where I can rejoice all day long and even sing a brand new song. You're so good to me. Healed my broken body. Took me out of drugs and brought me into cleanliness took stuff out of my life and put his spirit in me and caused his royal blood to flow through my veins. You're so good to me. Is he good to you? Woo, glory. Amen. I like to shout about that a little bit. <laughs> Romans chapter 8, verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Sons of God should expect to be led by the Spirit of God. Verse 15. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, or Daddy, Daddy. Verse 16. The Spirit himself beareth witness with our spirit that we are what? We're the children of God. Now, I want you to read verse 17 with me. Go ahead. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God. Stop right there. And what? Joint heirs Christ. And what? Joint heirs Christ. And joint heirs with Christ. Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Now, this is interesting. We're heirs of God. But we're also joint heirs with Jesus. Now, what is a joint heir? What does that mean? Well, basically, a joint heir means this. One who is in union together with an inheritor. That's right. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. Now, in the Amplified Version of verse 17, it says this. It says, And if we are his children... Then we are his heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. And I love this last phrase, sharing his inheritance with him. Sharing his inheritance with him. Wow, that's awesome. So, as joint heirs with Christ, this means that there's something that Jesus himself Is sharing with you. Oh man that's good. The New Living Translation says. Together with Christ. We are heirs. Of God's glory. Think about it. Now I realize. And I understand. That we are to give God all the glory. But understand this. That God gave us. All of his glory. He's put his glory. In you. Because the Spirit of glory is the Spirit of God, and He lives in you. But then not only did He put His glory in us, but how many of you know that His glory is upon us? And when you have His glory in you and His glory upon you, and we as a church have His glory on us and all around us, You know what that means? That means some glorious demonstrations and manifestations and visitations of the God of glory is going to happen in this place. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me read that one more time. Together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. Hallelujah. What will the glory do? The glory quickens people's bodies. Now let look, look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. And I want to look at this in the Amplified Version. Just let this word wash you. Amen? I don't know how many hours of television you watched this, watched this last week, but some of you need a good bath. Huh? I don't know how many times you can watch that stupid Christmas story. I'm not, not talking about the manger scene. I'm talking about that little kid trying to get that certain gift. Or a miracle on 34th Street. How about a miracle on Hesperian Boulevard? <laughs> how, how, how about a miracle in Oakland? How about a miracle over there in Castro District? Come on, somebody. How about a miracle over there on East 14? How about a miracle in your body? How about a miracle in your finances? How about a miracle in your mind? Come on, somebody. How about a miracle in this nation? Come on. My, 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 my. You know what they would do? The priest would have to wash with that labor before he could go into the Holy of Holies had to get rid of all that junk all that dirt all that pollution how many of you know this world is polluted the spirit of this age is the spirit of impurity and the spirit of pollution and you fellowship long enough with that spirit of this world it won't be long before you understand and realize that you're not where you should be and that's all i'm going to say about that So take the Word of God and let it wash you. Take the Spirit of God and pray in the Holy Ghost and let Him remove any contamination from you. Say with me, I'm being washed by the Word today. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6-7 in the Amplified Version. Now notice this. It says, He raised us up together with Him and made us sit down together giving us joint seating with him. He gave us joint seating with Jesus in the heavenly sphere by virtue of us being in Christ Jesus. See, you did not earn this joint seating. You did not pay for this seat. <laughs> We were in Los Angeles this past week, and the Clippers were playing the Warriors. And I went on StubHub to see how much tickets were. You know how much they want for tickets? 14 rows up, but $800. Did you go to the game? No. And I'm sure glad I didn't, because they got beat up. That ticket would have cost a bundle. And then you would have gone to the game and been bummed. See, what you pay for is not necessarily all what it come on, what it's cracked up to be. But you didn't pay for this salvation. You didn't pay for this free gift of righteousness. You didn't pay for this healing. You didn't pay for your prosperity. It's been woo, glory. It's been bought and paid for with a price the precious blood of Jesus. Amen. You know, when we take our little boys to games when they were little, maybe an A's game or whatever the case might be, and they'd want to go get some cotton candy or a hot dog or something, they were old enough, you know, to take the money and go to the stand and get it themselves. But we'd always say, don't forget where you're seated. And There's too many Christians forgetting where they're seated. The Bible says we're seated with Him. We have joint seating with Him. And it's a free seat. Oh, man. Oh, so partake of it. Take in everything that Christ has done for you. Hallelujah. He raised us up together with Him, verse 6 and 7, and made us sit together with us, given us joint seating with Him in the heavenly sphere, By virtue of us being in Christ. Now, why did he do this? Notice he did this because of verse 7. He did this that he might clearly demonstrate through the ages, through this age and the ages to come, Uh the immeasurable, the limitless, the surpassing riches of his free grace, his unmerited favor in his kindness And his goodness of heart. Toward you in Christ Jesus. Say it with me. He did this for me. me. To show me. me His immeasurable. His his limitless. limitless, His surpassing richness. Of his grace and favor. favor. Can I just prophesy something over you today? I know that the blessing is upon you. But I also know that the favor of God is going before you this coming year to provide great opportunities for you and to cause this blessing to come to pass in every area of your life. Not only individually, but as Pastor Nancy got in her spirit in between services or during the last service, this favor is going to increase dramatically upon this whole church. This favor is going to increase dramatically upon your life. You know what he's doing right now? He's crowning this year with his goodness. He's crowning this year with his goodness. In other words, he's encircling all of us individually and corporately with His goodness. Now, I may talk about that on Wednesday night. I may have Brenda preach Wednesday night. I don't know. But I believe with all of my heart that the blessing of God is yours and the favor of God is going before you and causing great things to happen in your life. I believe that He's setting many of you up right now. The divine opportunities are coming your way. Say it with me by faith. Divine opportunities... Glorious things are coming my way. Do you believe it? Do you receive it? Now let's go over to Hebrews chapter 1. And let's look at verse 1 and 2. Will you keep tracking with me just for a moment? Let's just let this word just dwell in us richly this morning. In Hebrews chapter 1 verses 1 through 2. You are, according to the word of God, an heir of God, a joint heir with Christ, and an heir of all things. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 2 says this, God who at sundry times and in different manners spoke in time past unto the fathers by the prophets. You know, he's still speaking through prophets today. Hath in these last days spoken unto us by who? His His Son. So he's talking about Jesus here, right? And then he goes on to say who whom he hath appointed Jesus, heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. So we see then that Jesus then was appointed heir of all things. The Amplified says he appointed him heir and lawful owner of all things. Another translation says God promised everything to the son as an inheritance. Now. This is some shouting ground right here. Look at Romans 8, verse 29. Romans 8, verse 29. And I'm going to look at this in the New Living Translation of Romans, the 8th chapter, the 29th verse. It says, For God knew His people in advance and chose them to become like His Son, so that His Son would be the firstborn among what? How many of you know that he's your elder brother? He might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Now, look at Colossians chapter 1, verse 18 in the New English Version. And notice what it says here. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead. What I'm saying to you today is this. Since Jesus is heir of all things and we are joint heirs with him, that makes you an heir of all things as well. What this is saying is that we have inherited everything that Jesus has inherited. One writer said it like this. When you were born again, Jesus moved in with everything he has. Hallelujah. When you got born again, when you left that dark world and you came over into the kingdom of God, He moved right in there with you with everything that He has. And He didn't move in with a bunch of junk. He didn't move in with a bunch of beat up and beat down furniture. He moved in with His joy. He moved in with His peace. He moved in with His love. He moved in with His strength. Hallelujah. Say when I was born again, He moved in with everything that He has. Wow. What kind of a God do we serve? I mean, what is man? Who are we that he should be mindful of us? Okay, let's keep tracking. Colossians chapter 1, verses 12 and 13. Colossians chapter 1, verses 12 and 13. Giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of this inheritance of the saints in light who's delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Now I want you to look at verse 12, so let's look back there. And notice with me the word meet, which hath made us meet. Now that's a little bit blind to us. The word meet there means he has enabled us, he's qualified us, he's made us able, and he's equipped us to partake of this inheritance right now. Right now. Your full inheritance belongs to you right now. Now listen, it's really important that we continuously hear what we're hearing right now. Why? Because the sower sows the word. And these are they on the wayside. To where when the Word of God was sown, Satan comes what? He comes immediately to take that Word that was sown in our hearts. Now, if we will continuously feed on the Word and stay full of the Spirit, this Word will paint a continuous picture of our full inheritance. Enabling us to partake of it. Enabling us to partake Uh of it. See, there are some things available, I believe, for all of us that we have not yet partaken of. Now, how many of you partook last week? Uh Well, in God, there's a whole lot more and a whole lot better than what was made available to you last week. Partakers. Now, notice with me in Acts chapter 20, and notice with me in verse 32. I know I'm giving you a lot of word, but you can handle it. Acts 20, verse 32. He says, And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of His grace, which is able then to what? See, whether you're realizing it or not, you're being built up right now. You're being built up. Whether you can sense it, whether you can feel it or not, this word is lodging in your spirit. And this word is building you up, building you up. And not only that, but once this word builds you up, it gives you an inheritance among all them that are sanctified. It gives you this rightful inheritance. It gives you this food in your spirit to where you say, oh, taste and see. Oh... Taste and see. Come on. Taste and see. Everyone go, oh. Taste and see that the Lord is good. There are some things that will never seem good to you until you taste them. And God's word is good. Taste and see. The message says, if you're a child, you're an heir with complete access to your inheritance. Glory. And then in closing, turn to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 18. It says that we have obtained an inheritance in Him. Say this with me. I have, I have obtained, obtained a glorious inheritance Inheritance. in Him. him. And Paul wants, as he prayed for the church at Ephesus, that the eyes of their heart would be open. And one of the things that he prayed for is that their eyes would be open to this glorious inheritance. The last thing I believe that the Lord wants to say and do this morning in this service is this. Part of your inheritance is the fullness of God. The fullness of God. You know, I pray that we would have the richest measure of His divine presence. And that as a body, we would be filled to overflowing with the fullness of the Spirit. But you see, in order for that to happen, I believe that there is individuals here in this place this morning that Jesus wants to baptize in the Holy Spirit. Do you believe that today? Yes. Now, does, does that resonate with your heart? Yes. I believe this. Yes. There, may be, there may be two, there may be 20, I don't know. But there are several people today that God is saying, I just want at to, at this year end, I want to pour out my spirit upon them. And I want to fill them. And listen, I want to position them for this new year for fullness of my blessing upon their life. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Amen? And We're not going to linger long, but we are definitely going to pray and we're going to believe God. Amen? So as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, at the close of this service, we're going to pray for many of you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I say with the Bible evidence of speaking in a heavenly language. You see, I think in our services, we need to take time For God to move. We need to give Him place. And that's what we're doing right now. We're giving Him place. Giving Him place. For the Holy Spirit to move in and to fill. So for each person, every person that wants to be filled today with the Holy Spirit. You want to be filled unto overflowing with God.